episode 150. Journey into the mysterious house of terror's vault of astonishing suspense. A comic book time machine horror minisode. Journey into mystery, issue number two. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. Yes, welcome time travelers. It is time for us to go back in time. So set your time machine back to September 19th, 1972, where we are going to find a comic book that is cover dated December of 1972 called Journey into Mystery number two. So as we go back in time in our time machines, please remember to bring two dimes Two dimes that are from before 1972. Make sure the date on your dimes is not from the future of the past, but is from our past, from our future. I'm not quite sure what I just said, but you get the idea. The idea here is that we are looking at a horror comic, and hopefully it'll be a quick look at a horror comic because that's what I want to do is do a couple more um, just taking a look at these horror anthology books that I love to get because of the covers. And this one, what drew me into the cover was you have a ghostly figure who is rising above the street of a modern day city, but he is wearing a cloak and an old timey hat and carrying a dagger. And there is a bunch of people running away from him, including a very hip, hip redhead with a great big old necklace and a red mini skirt. And she's wearing red boots and very red and green, very Christmassy. Her her uh, her blouse is green, uh, and so you have that just image of horror. But then you have a tale of mounting menace by Robert Block, author of Psycho, and then you have a title of this story: Yours Truly, Jack the Ripper. So I'm going to be honest, uh, it was Robert Block who made me <laughs> buy the comic. The cover itself is not one that I would normally be drawn to to buy, but. Journey into Mystery, I'm, I was not um, very familiar with Journey into Mystery, except that is where Thor came from. And so when I saw that this was issue number two, I wasn't sure if this was an old thing, but this was clearly from after Thor had been introduced. So I went ahead and bought it, found out a little bit more about the series. Journey into Mystery was done in the 70s here in 1972, was being released as a horror anthology book. So when I did look up to see what are in the other issues, there are stories from H.P. Lovecraft. There are stories from, uh, or I shouldn't say stories. There's a story from Robert Howard. The idea from this series being to present stories by weird fiction writers, horror writers, and uh, so you have Robert Block and his story here, yours truly Jack the Ripper and these other guys, eventually that it did just become a reprint book. And actually half of the book is an adaptation of the story by Robert Block. And then the other half of the book is an original horror short story. And then another, uh, horror short story that was a reprint from, I believe the fifties. We'll get into that when I get back into my notes here. But the point being, uh, it was the author, Robert Block, that, that drew my eye and that caused me to get this and caused me to read it. Now, the two backup stories are were not things that I'm really excited about. And honestly, if I spend too much time on them, this episode is going to get longer than being a mini-sode like I want it to be. But you do have the story, The Girl Who Couldn't Die. 
that was reprinted from Adventures into Terror from 1953. Uh, and this is about a guy who keeps alive his lady love who has died. And so he puts her in a glass box and does all these experiments on her to try and bring her back to life, bring her back to life. So he preserves her, tries to bring her back to life. Finally, it works. And it's 1972. And uh, he looks like this just disgusting old slob of a blob man. And it's just and so she kills herself when she sees him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Uh, More Than Blood is uh, by George Alec Effinger and the artist is Billy Graham. Not that Billy Graham. And that's about uh, teams, a sports team at a high school who their best athletes are just running out of energy and just falling apart on the field, falling apart on the track, falling apart on the court. And everyone is losing their will to do anything. And it turns out that that's because one of the player's girlfriends is an energy vampire. And that's pretty much it it's it's not great neither of these stories were were all that great this story however though yours truly jack the ripper is a different story Uh, metaphorically speaking of course it was published in like i said september 1972 cover date december 72 uh editor is roy thomas the writer on this story the adaptation adaptation of the story is by ron goulart and the penciler is Gil Keane. The inker is Ralph Reese. And it's only 10 pages long, but it is pretty impactful. And there's a lot packed into it. And I found myself enjoying the story and thinking that I was one step ahead of Robert Block. But actually, I was not. I was going exactly on the steps that he wanted me to be on. I thought, oh, this is really not good. This is really not good, especially when he puts... Um, he actually calls out exactly where I thought the story was going. And it's almost as if he said, this is where I think you think the story is going. So I'm going to go ahead and make you think it more by actually hanging a lampshade on it. And then I'm going to go ahead and pull the rug out from under your feet. And I am going to switch it up. So spoilers for this story. Yours truly Jack the Ripper. But I am going to spoil the ending of the story so we can talk about it. A murderer is loose in Greenwich Village. John Carmody is a psychiatrist brought in to help profile the killer. Also, Sir Guy Hollis, another expert from Scotland Yard, is also brought in, but he isn't taken seriously because he thinks the killer is not just like Jack the Ripper. He thinks the killer is Jack the Ripper. So he says, I can show you the clippings, John, from San Francisco, Lisbon, Calcutta, Paris. The trail is there. The pattern, unsolved crimes, slashed throats of women. And John allows himself to listen to Sir Guy. Now, John is the narrator of this comic. It's done in the first person, and it's all from his point of view. And so you see him listening to Sir Guy, and he even invites the conversation. And he asks, what kind of man is he? this killer and and sir guy answers originally a physician i believe he could still be that or he may be something else a lawyer a professor or even a scotland yard man hot on the scent of jack the ripper which of course sir guy is kind of tongue-in-cheek saying it could be him but is it tongue-in-cheek or is it foreshadowing Sir Guy then tells the story, though, about how he in Rio almost caught Jack. And when he fought the man, he saw a jagged rope-like scar 
on his forearm. Now, this is this whole thing, this whole story is very, very, it just feels very 70s. It feels like the 70s I kind of remember, although this is 1972, which is before I was born. But it also feels like the 70s that I've seen in cop shows, the 70s that I've seen in movies. In fact, the movies that this issue reminds me of or the movie i should say that this issue reminds me of is um invasion of the body snatchers and that's because you have these just kind of armchair psychiatrist guys kind of talking about things and and acting out things and you also have uh i'm also reminded of night gallery which is a 70s show hosted by uh rod searling but it's it's not written by him i think he might have written a couple episodes it's also other people there's actually hp lovecraft story in there and i wouldn't be surprised if there was a robert block story in there robert block by the way wrote for many different tv shows including one that i'm about to talk about that if you are a fan of this tv show you may recognize some of what i'm about to talk about in this story here now, I say it's very 70s because they, they crash a college party. And it's not a college party. It's a party of college students and social workers and professional people. Um, and there's this long-haired dude with a mustache named Dick Poole who's also uh, – he's at this party giving his theory about the killings. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – this is from page 6. I'm going to go ahead and read what he says. And he says uh, – Hear me out. I'm betting he's got very logical reasons for what he's doing. You know what I think he's doing? I think he's getting back to basics, like they say. And then a woman says, basics? And he says, wait a minute, and gets a knife, says, I'll show you what I mean. What's the most basic thing there is? Hunting and killing. But not for love or money. No, our slasher is more down home than that. He kills because in some terrific way it turns him on. Turns him on the way human sacrifices used to turn on the high priests. And and so as he's doing this, you know, he's kind of wielding a knife around and, and threatens a woman and it gets uh, Sir Guy gets upset about this. And uh, of course, everyone's getting upset about this, but Sir Guy is upset because of a different reason. He lunges for the man's arm and, because this guy has so much insight into the just the, the 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 mindset of the killer that he lunges grabs his arm to roll up his sleeve to see his forearm to see if there's that jagged uh, rope shaped scar on the guy's arm on his forearm but dick has wants nothing to do with this and he kicks sir guy it's really dynamic actually the artwork where he does the kick the guy's got an impressive kick knocks sir guy down leaps through a window to get out of there uh, and so at this point, he's acting pretty suspicious. Now, I didn't realize that we are only two pages away from the end at this point. So I, I did think the story had a longer ways to go. So I, this guy's acting guilty. I think we're supposed to think that it might be Dick. At one point, I think we we're supposed to think that it might be Sir Guy who has been uh, doing this because he's old. He's got gray hair, you know, uh, but at this point, I'm thinking, no, it's a little too obvious. There must be something else going on here. Uh, but I also, at this point, have no idea. I mean, I've, I've gone through, like I said before, I feel like I'm, I'm taking all the steps and following the path that Robert Block wants me to in this story. Uh, but at this point now, I'm thinking, no, the, the things that he's throwing at me as suspects are just too obvious. And it turns out I'm right. <laughs> they are too obvious. They chase Dick 
down. And John and Sir Guy both chase him through the alleys. Sir Guy even draws a gun. But then John's like, no, whoa, whoa. you got to slow down. you got to calm down. you got to slow your roll, man. Uh, he says, you're obsessed with this Jack the Ripper thing. And so Sir Guy does calm down. He's like, yes, yes, I am obsessed. And here's why. I've been chasing this guy around the world because 25 years ago, the guy I'm chasing killed my fiance. And so at this point, John has the revolver and and Sir Guy asks for the revolver back, but John doesn't give it to him. And this is when, again, I didn't realize I was only at this point one page away from the end of the story uh, because things start moving really quickly as Sir Guy realizes, hey, I want my right, I want my revolver back. I'd feel a lot better with a weapon in my hand. Please give it to me. And then John has a knife in his hand and he's rolling up his sleeve and he has this scar on his arm. And we get the money shot. He's got this wicked, wicked grin. And even though this has been first person from his perspective, this final panel is actually first person drawn in the first person from Sir Guy's perspective where it's actually as if you are looking at John Carmody and he's got the knife pointing at you and your hands are in front of you in front of yourself you know so that he can't get to you but you know you can't stop him because you're an old man and he's very young and apparently well no very old but apparently very strong and he tells Sir Guy you can call me Jack And then it says, now, now, gentle reader, don't be frightened. This was really just a work of fiction, after all. Nothing but a story. Jack the Ripper lived and vanished in London in 1888, and he couldn't possibly still be alive today. Could he? I hate that, by the way. I really, really wish that there wasn't that little tag at the end, and it just ended with, uh, yeah, call me Jack. I uh, still, at this point, I'm like, wait, this story can't be done. This there's only it's only 10 pages but nope then you got two more short stories you know it's a horror anthology book that's what you're going to get but uh robert block is a well-known sci-fi and weird fiction writer he wrote for the old pulps he wrote for a lot of old pulp uh, magazines and uh, just he wrote for fantastic adventures imagination other worlds um yeah he also wrote for television and the television stuff that he He wrote for include Star Trek. And this is where if you have ever watched Star Trek, you might say to yourself, this story sounds familiar. And that's what I was saying to myself. This story sounds familiar. And I'm wondering to myself, did did Star Trek steal this? No, Star Trek did not steal this. This was written before Star Trek. Yes. But... Robert Block wrote that episode for Star Trek. <laughs> he uh, actually apparently wrote a handful of different things with Jack the Ripper, but he wrote the story where Jack the Ripper is an eternal energy being that is moving around the universe and killing people. And it's a, it's not the greatest episode, but I remember the first time I watched it because this is the one where things go dark, lights come back on, there's a dead woman, and Scotty looks like he did it. And I believe... Now, this could be a spoiler because I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time since I've seen this episode. I believe Scotty did kill the woman, but that's because he was possessed by the energy being. And I, I might be wrong about that. But anyway, that is Robert Block. And uh, he has a long history with uh, Jack the Ripper stories. 
And this is one of them. And I have to say, I liked it. It it tricked me. Now, the reason it tricked me is because the first person narration on the first page and throughout the book, uh, it stops uh, as you get more toward the end. The first person narration goes away. Uh, but the first person narration at the beginning is John. And so he is uh, telling the story. He doesn't tell any lies here at the beginning. It just says things like, my name is John Carmody. I'm a psychiatrist. My practice covers the Greenwich Village area. I'm supposed to know about this kind of thing, this senseless, violent kind of thing. And then uh, he was an expert too, Sir Guy Hollis, one of Scotland Yard's best. Uh, Sir Guy was an intelligent, perceptive man, but I knew he'd never get a hard-nosed cop like Lieutenant Colma to accept his theory about these slasher killings because Sir Guy honestly believed they were the work of Jack the Ripper. (laughs) And, yeah, and then you go into the story, and, of course, because you started in the first-person narration with John, you're expecting John to be a reliable narrator. And he is. He's just only telling part of the story, the beginning part. So anyway, that is, uh, that's that for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening and I hope you, uh, man, I hope you enjoy this kind of comic book because I, I sure do. And I'm going to try and come back to it every once in a while to do more about just these short anthology single issue supposed to be scary, but usually not, but maybe there's some sort of good twist and this one not scary. Um, for all the reasons that they called out at the very end of the issue. But a great twist. Really neat there. So, yeah. So you've been listening to the Comic Book Time Machine. You can find us in all the places on the internet, especially comicbooktimemachine.com and on Facebook, facebook.com slash comicbooktimemachine, where you can... This is especially where you'll get, you know, notification about new episodes. We're on Twitter where we're Comic Time. Don't always post there. But, uh, you know, you can also subscribe to Comic Book Time Machine wherever you get your podcasts. So, again, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, no matter where you go, no matter who you are, even if you are a crazy Scotland Yard investigator who no one takes seriously because you spent the last 25 years circling the globe looking for the murderer of your fiance who you think is a century old serial killer from london in your travels around the world seeking out that murderer godspeed <laughs>